Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hypnotic Healers. I'm Nicole Mazzucato and as always, I'm here with my fabulous friend, Anthony Gitch. Um, our usual disclaimer before we start the conversation, neither Anthony nor I are licensed medical professionals, psychologists or psychiatrists. So take what you like and leave the rest. Don't make any changes or alterations to any medications or treatments that you're on based on the conversation you hear here today. And while you're leaving stuff, you might as well leave us a love, a like, a heart, a thumbs up, a really nice review, share us around with your friends and let everyone know how cool we are. Hello, Anthony. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you, sweetheart. It's good to see you as always. It's good to see you too. I even know though, you, you've... Even though this morning Nicole got a bit of a rundown of, of a pissiness, <laughs> I, I, I adore her for, for being there for me. This is what all of this is about <laughs> for us. <laughs> yes, getting pissed on just before. <laughs> oh, it wasn't I'm that joking. bad. <laughs> you know, it, it is nice to have good friends, um, people who understand. And even when they may not always understand, they still listen. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is important for that support piece, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Being able to zoom out and say, whoa, this isn't about me. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Because, and you know, isn't that, isn't that something that that's an interesting sort of thing that we may want to talk a little bit about is that not personalizing stuff and not taking things to heart at times. Um, mm. Because there are times in people's lives when they need to vent when mm. they just need to express something and it doesn't have anything to do with someone's done something wrong or or someone has wronged somebody or or anything like that. It's just things can sometimes in people's life become overwhelming. Um, mm. And when that kind of stuff is unexpressed, then it turns into a dangerous place, I think, to be. Um, mm. And so even though that's not the topic we were going to cover today, what do you think about that, Nicole? How does that kind of stuff affect you sometimes? Well, I, I always talk about this as the pressure cooker. And I, I've probably talked about this on here before, but the idea that, you know, from a young age, we're being told, don't be sad, don't laugh. It's inappropriate to be happy. It's inappropriate to be jealous or angry or this, that, and the other. And so we're getting all of these don'ts, 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 and all of our feelings are just constantly being invalidated. So what happens? We learn to push them down and push them down and push them down until we're just a society of people walking around with a pressure cooker inside of us, right? What happens with the pressure cooker? Because we become so emotionally backward in a sense and so detached from our emotions we don't know how we feel when we're feeling things and this is very often what happens with teenagers they can't express how they're feeling because they don't quite understand it and they still don't have the words to express how they're feeling but then we take that into adulthood because we still don't learn really how to process those emotions so the pressure cooker analogy means that when we get overwhelmed or things are becoming a bit too much, we've got loads of stuff going on. Rather than understanding how to unpack that, a bit of the psh, steam goes off. Yep. And whoever yep. is in the vicinity of that pressure cooker is going to get that steam in their face. Yeah. And they're going to get burned, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, 
I can see, you know, we call it in the original training I had, the seething cauldron of emotions, right? It's always bubbling and it's just going to take one little additive to then for it to overflow, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of the same idea. And it's, and again, that's why it's so important to have friendships and people who understand and care, Um, Mm. you know, because if you don't have that, like you said, you end up carrying that stuff around forever and then you have resentments and, and, and that sort of thing. And the, the thing is, it's, it's important. And this is where I still, you know, I mean, I still work on this is the proper delivery, right? Mm. Um, you know, that's, you know, I wrote a book on codependency and the reason I did that is because I never used to express how I felt. And, and it was, Mm. you know, um, that, that people pleasing thing. And that's Mm. still some things that I work on sometimes. Right. And I, and I think it's important that people understand that the only pedestal that I've ever been put on is one that somebody else puts me on. And then I fall from that pedestal when, when I do something that they think is inappropriate or, or I let off that steam or that sort of thing. And it's not the case with you, but it is the case with some other people in my life in the past. Right. And I think Mm. it's, I think it's okay that I'm not perfect. And that, that, you know, I mean, yeah, we've known each other for a while now. And there have been times where you've, you know, kind of been like, Bruh, and I'm like, all right, that's, I, I completely understand. And, and we support each other. Um, mm. We need that in, in life in general. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's taken me a long time to be able to step back from, from stuff and, and say, mm, that's not about me. You know, it's and and to be able to, even though maybe in the moment I can feel, I can feel a bubbling reaction, I can feel a bubbling yeah. response. <laughs> it's like, no, no, this really isn't about me. So, even though it's it's being directed at me because I'm just in the vicinity of that steam being blown off, literally, right. um, it's not about me. You know, I'm just I'm just here in that moment and have, you know, for whatever reason, am participating in the steaming, the de-steaming. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've gotten better at accepting that and going, okay, like you just said, they're, they're upset. They're doing their thing. I need to just provide sacred space for them. Mm. But it's hard. It is hard because oh, we all boy, have our, <laughs> we all oh, carry boy. our little triggers around, right? Uh-huh. We've all got <laughs> our multiple, multiple trigger points, you know, and, and, and it would just be, you know, that one thing that really that really sets us off or that really kind of triggers a strong emotion in us. And mm-hmm. and it it's I think there's a fine line, isn't there, between between protecting yourself and understanding that this is not about me. I think right. there's a really fine line there. Well, it takes emotional intelligence, it takes Mm. emotional stability and awareness. Um, Mm. You know, one of the first lessons, and I'm still working on it, like I just said, that my my friend Karen taught me early, early on, um, and I used to have it posted above my, when I was a customer service agent at a place, I had it right on my computer that said, do not personalize it, Um, you know, as that reminder that 
I'm just the person they're talking to. They don't know Anthony. Um, mm. and, and they are in a position that is uncomfortable for them, that is scary, that is painful, that is whatever it is, right? And, and that's when it's most important for me to be open, accepting, and understanding. Um, mm. I don't even need to be understanding necessarily. I just need to be open and accepting and, 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 and remember that it's not about me. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else is walking around with their stuff. And I, and I think it is hard because, you know, I, <laughs> I remember being very in my very early twenties and traveling the world on my own and writing in one of my journals, you know, there's the expression that you, you, you can never have an, ex- you can never understand somebody's experience until you've walked in their shoes, but can, you know, you can never actually walk in somebody else's shoes. So you'll never fully understand their experience because those shoes of, of, you know, gone down paths and and taken twists and turns that you'll never be able to repeat. So you can never fully understand somebody else's experience. What they're presenting to you in that moment is an accumulation of many years of experiences. You know, it's, it's the culmination of that. Um, and you don't know what's hanging on behind somebody in that moment or what's going on, you know, around them in that time, around them in their lives. Even if you're really close to somebody, you still don't understand the full picture. You can never understand the full picture. I was having a, I was having dinner with, um, a client of mine recently, a client slash friend, um, and he was giving me, he was telling me feedback on, on the work that we've been doing together and I was telling him a bit about my life and everything that had been going on the past nine months and this and this, that and the other. And he said to me, he said to me, oh my gosh, he said, I never would have guessed that you had all of that going on because every time I turned on the Zoom screen, there you were, just a picture of serenity. Yep. And I was like, but it wasn't my place to show that to you. It was my place to show up and hold the space for you. Right. So there was no reason for you to know what was going on in my life at that time. Right. Well, because it's not about you, it's about them. Mm. It's always mm. about them. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've gotten that before. It's like, gosh, you're always smiling. You always seem so happy. And it's like, well, yeah, I am, but I'm not going to. One of the things I learned is that you spread the message, not the mess. Mm. Um, and there are people that you um, have good, close relationships with where you can spread the mess or not spread the mess, but you can share the mess and they can help you put it into the dustpan and, and drop it into the bin. Um, mm. you know, and, and I, I think that that's important for people to understand that you, you don't go around spreading your shit everywhere, um, puking on everybody and expecting them to help you clean it up. There are specific people in your life that you need to be able to cultivate those sorts of relationships with and there's, that's a give and take, mm. you know, that has to be a give and take. It, it just can't be one way. And, and I think that that's important to, to understand. I mean, we can't use our partners that way, not in business, not in life. And we certainly, I, I see a lot of it where people use their children like that. Mm. And, yeah. and that is completely inappropriate. Children are not your friends. They are your children to be raised and taught how to be appropriate mm. citizens and adults of the world, right? Um, and I mean, they can be your friend, but they, they can't, you, I've seen a lot of people turn their relationships with their children into codependent relationships, right? And they, they kind of infuse that into their lives with 
the way that they interact, right? Um, hmm. and, and that sort of thing, because they, they will, they'll dump everything on their kids and then their kids make it seem like their kids think it's their responsibility to help fix them or help support hmm. them, right? And, and that's not what a child's role is. No, no. There's also a sense of ego and pride in this. You know, so many people won't say, won't apologize for an explosion, an emotional, you know, explosion or whatever it is, won't apologize to the people around them because their ego is too big or their pride is too big. And, you know, kind of refusing to see that maybe, maybe that explosion was inappropriate. However, you know, however it manifested, whether it was through anger or, or whatever, usually, usually it's kind of in the form of anger, isn't it? Or fear. Um, Anger or fear, yeah. But then, I, I don't know. I don't know if you mind me sharing this. When we were mm. at the colloquium afterwards, we had dinner and everybody was hungry. Everybody was tired. <laughs> there was <laughs> there was an event, a little a little steam blowing. Somebody there was got an Anthony the event. There was <laughs> yeah. there was the angry American. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you were, you rectified it. And, and I don't know if you, do you want to tell the story? Sure. Well, you can tell the story. So, so we were sitting there, we were waiting for dinner after a very long day. Everybody was hungry. Everybody was tired. Everybody was, about, was thirsty. Everybody was thirsty. And some, so newsflash <laughs> Americans here in Europe, they don't just put water with ice on the table in front of you. And it seems to be something that you guys are used to there because it doesn't happen here. You have to ask for water, right? Yes. And I've, I've since I've since seen in, in an American group uh, based here in Europe, did, I sent Anthony a screenshot of the conversation and somebody had put, you know, what's something you would have liked to have known before you got to Europe? And one thing was like, somebody literally answered, they don't put iced water on the table when you sit down at a restaurant. And they don't even person, acknowledge you at times. <laughs> and then somebody else replied and they were like, what? They don't put water on the table? You mean you actually have to ask for it? And it really Really reminded me of Anthony <laughs> in Europe. That was like one of his biggest shock factors. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, so, so go ahead. <laughs> so we, we've sat down. There's about 20 of us, maybe maybe less. I'm not sure. Half the table had ordered drinks. So they had a beer or whatever it is. And then the, what those of us that don't drink alcohol were sat at another side of the table and we didn't have any drinks in front of us. We were waiting for water. We were waiting for food. We were very tired and, and hungry. Hangry, and yes. Hang, hangry. We were definitely hangry. <laughs> <laughs> and we the, eventually, and this took a long time, eventually the waitress came over with four jugs of water and she started putting them down at the end of the table where they had drinks and Anthony was like, Hey, what are you doing? Can't you see they've got drinks? Bring the water up here. <laughs> I was like, hello, they've all got water or something in front of them. We don't. What? What's the deal here? Um, I wasn't quite that nice about it, but... He, yes, he wasn't Wasn't that pleasant about it. And and she got caught, she got caught in the steam blowing, the waitress did. And once he'd had some, once he finally got some food in his belly, and it was slow service, let's be honest. It once was he horribly got, slow service yes. for such an exclusive place. <laughs> <laughs> once he got some food in his belly and came back down to earth. And was he, hydrated. Yep, hydrated, <laughs> fed. <laughs> um, you called over the waitress, didn't you, in front and of everybody, everyone? You, yeah, and everybody yep. was like, what are you doing? Leave her alone, leave her alone. I'm like, 
shut up and let me do my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in front of everyone and, and you called her over and you didn't try to hide it. You didn't, you know, go to a side to apologize her. Literally in front of everyone and the whole table, you pulled her over and you said, I'm really sorry about before. I shouldn't have treated you like that. That was not okay. And she said, oh, no, it's fine. And you said, no, no, it's not fine. Don't ever let anyone treat you like that. Right. Because it was inappropriate, absolutely inappropriate for me to behave that way. She was a young girl doing the best job that she knew how to do. And, and like you said, she got caught in the crossfire. And it was one of the things I've never been too proud of is to admit when I'm wrong and to do my best to rectify it. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, it was a, I think it was a, it was a big moment because, because a lot of the people sitting around us like, wow, you know, like that's how it wasn't necessary to do that. And you were like, yeah, it was, I need to clean up my mess. And and I made a mess there and I needed to clean it up and, and make sure that she didn't take that home with her. Right. Right. And And I, and I'm okay with that, 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 you know, a lot Mm. of people are, weren't you embarrassed by having to do that? I'm like, I was embarrassed about the fact that I did it to begin with. Mm. That's what was embarrassing was my, was my mini explosion um Mm. the 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 apologizing and the rectifying of it that's not an embarrassing moment that's an empowering moment for both her and myself yeah yeah for sure and a great lesson for everyone sitting around us as well to a great lesson in humility i Mm. think um you know i really appreciated seeing you do that because i've had my own experiences well, haven't we all, haven't we all had our own experiences being on the receiving end of that and on the giving end of that? You know, I'm sort of very calm and calm, cool and collected until I'm not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's a lesson. It's a, it's a big lesson in humility to be able to say to someone, do you know what? I'm sorry that I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have got to that point and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have allowed myself to to explode at you in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. So no, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I didn't, um, because I think it's important that we do that, that we own up to our behavior. Mm, yeah, for sure, for sure. And nobody, you know, nobody should be too big that they can't do that. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, um, that's that's rectifying, rectifying your behavior. And I, I mean, look, we... We have spent enough years looking at ourselves and other people's behavior to be able to to be able to look at something like that and understand actually that wasn't about me. But I I I don't think that girl in that situation maybe had, you know, maybe had the outlook, maybe had that had that perspective of, oh, that wasn't about me. You know, and I think a lot of people don't have the capacity to see that that wasn't about me. That was just some asshole customer shouting at me and ruining my entire fucking shift and day. Right. Yep. I agree. Um, yeah. Because you could see that when I did that, her attitude changed and it kind of took mm. her down. And that's that's like like I said then. That's not okay. That's not okay mm. for me to do that. Um, yeah. Whether I'm whether I'm hungry or not. I needed to be a little bit more balanced. And that's Mm. one of those moments where I just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So hunger is an interesting one, isn't it? Because I know that I (laughs) definitely get hungry. Yes, you do. (laughs) I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to a point where I really just can't communicate anymore because I just don't have the, I just, you know, my irritability levels just shoot through the roof Mm -hmm. and I need to get food in my body. 
And I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a really common, that's a really common thing for people, right? The, the hangry, hangryism. <laughs> yes, I think it is. I mean, and, and isn't it nice though, that we can recognize that, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, cause even when you and I were hanging out together a couple of times, we're both like, okay, we need to go get something to eat because we're both getting to the end of our strings and we weren't getting to the end of our strings with each other. But the comments that we were making and and the things that we were noticing around us indicated to both of us that, all right, we need to do something different here. Let's go grab some something to munch on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. exactly what we did. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm I'm I I I'm quite good at noticing that in myself. And like with Vinicius, there's a very open dialogue, like, I'm hungry. Okay, well, let me just stay out of your way until we can get some food down your gob. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea to be aware of that kind of, especially with your partners, right? I mean, because mm. those are the people that we, the people who are closest to us, the people that we feel most safe with, those are the people we generally go after the first mm-hmm. and the hardest. Um, and those are the people that we definitely shouldn't be doing that with. Correct. Because that's taking advantage of the safety and security that we have with them rather than nurturing it and building it. Yeah, and it's just expecting that they they should be there to be on the receiving end of all of our bullshit, which is not what a relationship is about. Correct. Definitely Correct. not. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, even my... this morning, I was I was frustrated about some things going on in my in my life, and you know, as we were talking, it it could have very well come across that I was frustrated with Nicole, and I. And I'm not, and I wasn't, but I needed to make sure that I said that Mm. because that's my responsibility to make sure that the people I love and care about know what's really happening with me or to the best of my ability, be able to convey to them how it is Mm. that I'm feeling and what it is that I'm experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not always going to be easy in the moment, is it? It's often going to be just come out in that. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I just threw up all over you. Um. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then and then afterwards, once you vomited, you can kind of look at it and go, oh, you look, there's the carrot. Oh, look, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) For sure. I mean, but a bit of corn. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's, I think it's important that we have this sort of discussion because so many people are afraid to have these sorts of discussions and, and be open and honest and, and recognize their own humanness and, and their own faults. And we've all got them. We are mm-hmm. all, you know, as good looking as I am, um, I have faults. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, there's a guy, a kind of, I, I don't know what to call him. I don't, I don't think he, he goes by the term spiritual teacher. I'm not really sure what he goes by, but anyway, his name is Jeff Foster. He's a British guy. He's, he's been on all sorts of spiritual learnings and journeys and this, that, and the other non-duality and, and whatnot, and has kind of landed in a place of, he doesn't prescribe to any he doesn't prescribe to any particular school. He's just taken what he has appreciated from all of his learnings and and just shares his his message with the world. And I really love his posts. I would really, really recommend you have a look at some of his posts. It's, it's writing. He writes, basically. He writes these beautiful posts about his experiences, observations. 
Um, and one of them that he posted recently, which I really, really loved, was, you know, I completely reject any spiritual school, like spiritual teachings that deny the human experience, that deny the, you know, the ugliness, the anger, the the variety of the human experience and tell you, oh no, to be enlightened, you don't get angry or to be enlightened, you don't, you know, you, you, this is, this is what enlightenment looks like. And it's, you know, sitting on a pedestal, shining bright and, and right. On a little lotus leaf in a, in in a, in a, you know, with your hands, with your finger and your middle finger touching. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It's not reality. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess it is if you are a Buddhist monk in the mountains of Tibet and you don't have bills to pay, I guess that would be an okay thing to do. But um, then there's the rest of the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you can go and be a hermit and live in a, you know, in a cave or, or you know, in the middle of a forest somewhere where you don't come into contact with any other humans. And then maybe it will be easier. Maybe it will be easier if you if you're removed from a society because then you don't have the external triggers of other people's stuff. Right. You know, so, so uh, yeah, sure. I couldn't then, then... imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds um, just dreadful. <laughs> oh, it sounds lovely. <laughs> you know, it sounds lovely. You know, I've been on silent retreats and I do mm. really enjoy them for the introspection mm. and that it provides and that sort of thing. On the flip side of it, I'm a people person. I want to be around people. I want to hug. I want to, I I want to share. I want to hear. I want to observe. Mm. I want to learn and I want to grow. And I think that that's better done when there's people around you who are not like you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And that's it, you know, and that, that it's the human experience. We are the totality of our experience, I believe. And, and all of the variations that come within that. It's not just being at complete complete peace and and you know having a halo halo on your head and 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 shining a bright light because even those that shine a bright light have a range of emotions that are necessary mm-hmm. that necessarily make up our entire human makeup, right? Well, you know, and I believe that the people who are best at expressing those things are the ones who delve into their dark side, into that dark stuff and and not explore it in such a way where they're um, putting it out there to the world, but they're they're not afraid to look at it and to go, mm. wow, look at mm. there's that really dark piece of me right now. And mm. that's not who I want to be. Um, mm. It's not what I want to experience, but there it is. There's that thought, there's that idea. And when you're able to look at that and and go, hmm, that was a thought or an idea, doesn't define who I am, right? Mm. And I think that those people are are more easily able to express the positive because they've seen themselves as a whole rather than mm. this is just what I am is just this good stuff and this positive stuff and all of that, because that's, that's not the reality of things. We are, we are our dark experiences, our dark thoughts. Mm. Um, and, and we need to be okay with that. We need to accept that in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great, a great lesson of acceptance and, and forgiveness, right? That was why mm-hmm. I really liked, you know, the Ho'oponopono, the idea of, you know, um, yes. I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Thank you. Yep. You know, it's, 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 that is, 
I mean, it's so simple, but it, 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 it's, it's so deep as well on so many levels. I've got that mm. on a post-it next to my mm. computer. Um, yeah. Because I need to remember to do that for myself sometimes in mm-hmm. those 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 areas where I, I maybe lose track, you know? And I mean, this all kind of ties into very much when we, when we talk about the idea of enlightenment or following our thoughts and doing that kind of self-exploration, meditation and self-hypnosis are so closely related to one another mm. um, because you were going to take with self-hypnosis, we take those thoughts that we have during meditation and we build on them and we compound them into positive statements and, and, and ways to encourage our subconscious to do the things that we would like to be able to do in a positive manner, I believe. Mm. Yeah, they are very closely, very closely linked. I think we touched on this with with a couple of our guests, and it was just like, well, this is this is such a big a big debate that you know we can't. I think we could spend the rest of our lives debating and, and talking talking about the differences and, and similarities. But both great tools for housekeeping. I think is I recently heard Paul McKenna talk about meditation as housekeeping, and I really like that. It is. I mean, it's it's mm. clean and yeah, I like that too. That's a great. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, because isn't that what it is? Keeping ourselves going in the right direction mm. and recognizing yeah. where we've got a mess and how to clean it up. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, and I think I'm elaborating a bit on this idea now. Whereas he talked about it as housekeeping, I see hypnosis more of like that big spring clean. Yes. Yes, that 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 recognition of holy shit, there's a hole in my roof. Um, yes, <laughs> shit, my pipe just burst. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, and and then the rest of that is like you said, the maintenance, maintenance mm. of of what's going on in the household. You know, um, yeah. What are all of our captain and our crew doing? Are is everybody doing what they need to be doing, and are they doing it in a positive fashion? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You heard it here second, people. (laughs) 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 Just just latching back onto what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, something that really gets my goat and really annoys me and has done for quite a while now is this toxic positivity that's going that, you know, that just goes around and you have to be happy and joyful and la la and, you know, kind of flowers and daisies and sunshine all the time and it's it's it is so toxic it really is because it creates this idea that people have to be in a certain state to be successful in life that you have to be happy all the time yeah. to be to be a success right and that puts a lot of pressure on people because if you're feeling sad or you do get angry or you do experience jealousy or you do experience anxiety then all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm a failure because I'm not happy and, you know, la-la all the time. I'm that Pollyanna and, all the time. Yeah, which, I don't know the reference. Okay, um, Pollyanna was a movie from, I think, the late 60s with Hallie Mills. Um, and and she's a young girl who gets, her parents are killed and she has to go live with her aunt and everything is the glad game. How can we turn right. something negative? And, you know, I've been accused of being a Pollyanna, but there's a difference between being a Pollyanna and refusing this this toxic positivity that you're talking about. Being able to recognize the good things in that which isn't working mm. is a good thing, 
but not because re- because you're recognizing what the negativity is rather than mm. pushing it aside and burying it. So I think that there's a bit of a difference now that I'm kind of talking about it. But um, yeah, I don't like toxic positive. All these people. Oh my god. My, 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 my. Yeah, I agree with you. It just makes me mm. sick because it's not reality yeah. again, and I deal with yeah. reality. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there needs to be the balance, right? There needs to be the yin and the yang. There is the dark, mm-hmm. there is the light, there is, you know, daytime and nighttime. And we need that balance in, in the universe. We need that balance in the world. We need that balance in ourselves, right? And I've worked with people before that have prescribed to this idea that, oh, I need to be happy all the time and happy and la la. And I'm like, no, no, you know, like <laughs> you're telling, you're teaching your children that it's not okay to feel any other way. Right. If you're and telling your kids when they're angry or upset, no, you need to be happy, you're teaching them that it's not okay to feel anything else. Right. And you're not helping them to experience what is fully out there and available when it comes to mm. a range of emotions. And again, mm. it comes right back to that whole idea of are we even teaching people what their emotions are for. I mean, I I brought this up before. You can ask any 10-year-old kid in almost any country where they drive, um, you know, what the lights on the dashboard is for in their car. You know, if the the gas light goes on, they can tell you, oh, mom needs to get gas. Or if the tire pressure, like, oh, mom's tire is low, right? But you ask them what it feels like to be um, angry, they just know explosion. You ask them Mm. what it's, they don't understand what boredom is for, what boredom is telling them. They don't understand Mm. what it means, the difference between um, being inadequate and being angry or because the feeling of inadequacy will lead to anger. And so they Mm. understand the anger, but they don't understand the, the inadequacy that led to it. And that when you feel inadequate, that it's just telling you, you need to learn something more. That, mm. that there's something that you need to challenge yourself with, right? Um, and, and when we don't take the time to teach our children these things or even ourselves these things, it can lead to some serious issues. You know, it leads to depression. It leads to a feeling of low self-esteem um, and all of that kind of negative ideas because we just don't understand what we are experiencing and what those feelings are telling us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know so yeah, many people sure. who say, I eat because I'm bored. Well, being bored is an indication that you need to eat. It's an indication that you need to go out and you need to challenge yourself either mentally or physically. Mm. End of discussion. That's what the result is with boredom. Not go and pick mm. up a bag of chips and 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 feed your gullet. Because, um, you know, it's like that, that just leads you down the path of, you know, spiraling into depression. You know, you start out with the, the, the one brownie made me feel better when I was sad. So if the one brownie made me feel better when I was sad, I'm sad again. So maybe I'll have two brownies this time. And mm. then you go and you have two brownies and you feel okay for a minute, but then you start to feel guilty because you ate the two brownies and you know the two brownies weren't good for you, but it made you feel better before. So now I'll have three. Um, yeah. And it just takes you down this ever deepening, dark spiral right down into depression where then you just give up and and you give up for a while. And then eventually, after some weeks for some people, months for other people, years for some, the finally the subconscious says, okay, we need to try this again. But because mm. they're not doing anything different, they start the cycle over. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you want a different result, you have to try something different. You have to do something differently. I was going to say you have to do something different. We don't try, we do. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you have to do do something differently and then you can expect a different result. But if you're doing exactly the same thing, it's only going to take you to the same place. Yep. And it's funny, yesterday I was listening to some music rather loudly because the dog upstairs was barking. And so I was like, I'm going to drown that out. And I was listening to some old white zombie and it just, I started cracking up at this one Larry because I don't try anything. I just do it. And I'm like, <laughs> right on. <laughs> anyway, a little off topic, but there you have it. Um, <laughs> not really off topic because it is about... You know, try is the twin sister word to failure. Mm, yeah. Yes, because it implies that you're giving it a go, but you're failing. Yep. You're not quite not quite getting there. So, yeah, we don't try. We do. And if we fail, we fail and we get up and we do something different. Yep. That's And therein lies the secret for people who are self-employed and people who run their own businesses, and people like Elon Musk and Richard Branson. Those people didn't come, I know Richard Branson didn't come from money. He has failed at everything he's done, but he just keeps doing it again in a different way. And, mm-hmm. and look at what he's been able to create for himself, right? Because he's, he, I, I like to say that I bounce really well. Um, when I fail, I bounce. Um, and I think that that's what's given me and people like you even the ability to continue on to do what it is that we love to do. Yeah, be more bouncy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's better than just hitting the ground with a thud, yes, right? Yeah. And that's what, hitting the ground with a thud is what people do when they give up. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I learned so much from watching watching my dog play and <laughs> and watching him do his things because you know you'll throw a ball from ball for him and it doesn't matter. He will just go after that ball whether he catches it in the air and he does some super kind of one eighty flip to catch the ball, <laughs> whatever it is, or if he. <laughs> falls on his face and does a does a like a roll on the floor or does a proper like you know footballer footballer slide across the ground or whatever it is it doesn't matter but he will still get up and carry on chasing after that ball wherever it's gone however it's landed he will get up and keep going and when he's tired he rests and And then the thing is he gives it a hundred percent all of the time yeah yeah yep and when he stopped giving it a hundred percent I take the ball away because I know that that's time that he needs to concentrate on something else. And that's, yep. yeah. That's the same with Fergus. It's like, I, I, I watch the Fergus and once he's not going a hundred miles a minute, both directions, we're done. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to learn from these little, these little treasures. Yes, there is. I love my bunkie. <laughs> Right. Well, we have not talked at all about what we were going to, but that's fine because I think we've had probably an even better conversation today. Yeah. And I and I feel I think that this was a necessary conversation, and, and not only for not only for us, but for other people that are listening as well. You know, I, I get so much feedback from people that when they're listening to the podcast, it's like, oh wow, I really needed to hear that. Um, so if you needed to hear something from this slightly mishmashed conversation today, (laughs) then, um, mission accomplished. Yeah. And and I, and I, that's one of the things that 
I adore about working with you is that we can we can have these open and interesting conversations and hopefully, like you said, help people to recognize that they're okay. Mm-hmm. You're doing good. Just keep going. Yeah. Keep be keep, more bouncy. Be more bouncy. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, everybody, have a fantastic week and we will talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.